With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by SupChina. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. It's been a trying week for Chinese tech giants. Meituan hopes to take its business to the next level with a high-flying idea. Tencent has an eyebrow-raising solution to stop children from going on all-night gaming marathons, and ride-hailing giant Didi has found itself on increasingly thinner ice with Beijing. With all the latest business news, here's what's been happening in China over the past seven days. It's been a tough week for Sino-U.S. relations. Beijing has called on Washington to reconsider alleged visa denials to hundreds of grad students. Speaking at a press conference last week, a Chinese foreign ministry spokesperson said the Asian nation urges the U.S. to correct the mistakes and reconsider the visa applications. The news comes after the state-owned media outlet China Daily published an explosive report. The report, which cites an anonymous source, alleges that under the Biden administration, there have been cases of Chinese students and scholars being denied visas, being searched and questioned at airports for long periods of time for no apparent reason, or being deported from the U.S. The same source also alleged that some of these students have also been harassed, detained, or summoned by security authorities while in the U.S. Also having a turbulent week is Didi. China's cybersecurity regulator has ordered the removal of 25 mobile applications operated by the ride-hailing giant, offering services from carpool to finance. The move signals an intensified clampdown on the company over data security concerns. According to a Friday statement by the Cyberspace Administration of China, or the CAC, domestic app stores were instructed to remove the apps as they were found to be illegally collecting users' data. The regulator cited China's cybersecurity law for the move. While telling app stores to remove the DD apps, the CAC also barred internet platforms from providing traffic or downloads for the apps. The latest removal order underscored mounting regulatory headwinds facing DD. The crackdowns have eroded a huge chunk of the company's market value days after its $4.4 billion initial public offering in New York. But Didi isn't the only one caught up in Beijing's tech clampdown. 
The country is also stepping up scrutiny on other foreign-listed Chinese internet giants. In big news, the state is planning a draft revision to regulations that could mean any Chinese company that holds the personal information of one million or more users would have to seek a government cybersecurity review before listing abroad. The news comes as Beijing continues to tighten its grip over the country's once freewheeling tech sector, including measures to prevent risks arising from cross-border data transfers by foreign-listed companies. The draft changes to the Measures for Cybersecurity Review were revealed on Saturday by the CAC. Some analysts say that the changes could push Chinese companies to list in Hong Kong to avoid potential reviews. Also in the headlines this week is Tencent. The company has adopted a facial recognition system to prevent minors from playing its mobile games during the night. This adds to the growing number of measures Tencent has taken to curb young gamers' screen time. The Chinese gaming giant bars underage gamers from playing its online games between 10 p.m. and 8 a.m. But the policy has fallen short as some minors have borrowed adult players' accounts to play after hours. The new facial recognition system, dubbed Midnight Patrol, closes this loophole. In a statement, Tencent said that the system is activated at night to review adult accounts suspected of being used by minors, with players being required to scan their faces to verify their identities. Those who refuse to allow the facial scanning requirement or are identified as minors after the identity verification will be suspended from play. There has been a striking update on the extradition case surrounding Huawei CFO Meng Wanzhou. Bloomberg reports that on Friday, a Canadian judge denied a request from Meng to admit bank records as evidence in her legal battle against extradition to the U.S. The judge adds that she will offer reasons for her decision in the coming 10 days or so. The news may come as a blow to Meng, who is also a daughter of Ren Zhengfei, the founder of Huawei. According to Bloomberg, Meng had argued that the records from HSBC show the U.S. handover request is fundamentally flawed and should be thrown out. The same report adds that the Huawei CFO has been endeavoring to use the records in a final round of extradition hearings set to take place next month. There's been some interesting news for any job seekers out there. Instead of revamping your CV, it may just be time to create your video resume. TikTok is dipping a toe into the competitive U.S. recruitment market with a pilot program of video resumes. The news comes as the Chinese-owned app tries to expand beyond just being an online entertainment platform. Under the TikTok Resumes program, which will last until July 31st, job seekers are being invited to make video applications for vaccines offered through the platform by employers including World Wrestling Entertainment, Shopify, Allo Yoga, Chipotle, and Movers and Shakers. According to the short video giant, the applicants are also being encouraged to use TikTok's content creation tools to showcase their skills and experience. And finally, Meituan is trialing food deliveries by drones. The company plans to trial a drone-enabled delivery network in Shanghai, thereby expanding the use of its autonomous logistics service. 
The Chinese Lifestyle Service and Food Delivery Player says that the network will be supported by ground facilities like landing spots and battery swap stations, as well as a cloud-based dispatch platform to ensure each drone can send an order to its destination in 15 minutes in a radius of 3 kilometers. The move comes as Chinese e-commerce and logistics giants like Alibaba and JD.com are racing to roll out unmanned robots to enhance efficiency and reduce costs. Let's turn now to Tyson Global Managing Editor Doug Young. Doug, the big story of the week was, of course, the Cyberspace Administration of China's punitive actions against Didi uh, just days after its U.S. IPO. And I understand you're going to be giving us a take on the ripple effects of this move. Right. Well, uh, as we may have mentioned before, uh, Didi was actually just the first. Uh, afterwards, a couple of other companies also got sort of their their knuckles wrapped by the cyber regulator. One was called Full Truck Alliance. And then there was another one called uh, Jaoping uh, Boss, which was an employment website. So those three all sort of got directly named by the cyber regulator for posing data security risks. And what's happened since then has been quite interesting is Suddenly, all these other Chinese IPOs that had actually filed to make, or Chinese companies that had filed to make IPOs have suddenly disappeared. Uh, and I think we can all guess why. Uh, you know, they're, they're all thinking, ooh, sentiment isn't so good towards us right now. And, you know, these companies, at least two out of the three companies do uh, sort of control data that might be considered sensitive. Um, the three companies I'm talking about, one is called LinkDoc, which uh, does a lot of work with medical data, uh, people specifically with cancer, uh, tracks their treatments and what drugs they're using and their health and so forth. Uh, another company called ManyCore is, uh, it's like the Chinese equivalent of Autodesk, if you know what that is. It helps people do interior design uh, using computer-assisted Software, uh, that one probably isn't so sensitive about user data. And then the third one is really not sensitive at all. It's called Daojia, uh, which is basically a, almost like just a human resources company that trains maids and nannies and, and you know, places them in, in Chinese homes. But anyhow, uh, bottom line is all three of these have just suddenly disappeared. And, you know, these are companies, you know, that look sort of interesting. Right. And, and what do you think the impact on these other companies will, will be? Well, I think what's the impact on, on these three, because they were really in the pipeline, um, is that they're suddenly looking at a huge hole in their finances. Uh, we know for a fact that LinkDoc was looking to, they were the furthest advanced. They were looking to raise about 200 million US dollars. And uh, that one got yanked like on the eve of uh, its trading debut. And if you look at LinkDoc's uh, cash statements and everything, it was pretty clear that they were depending on this $200 million to tie them over through their finances. So they're going to be in a bit of a scramble to replace that money. Um, ManyCore and Daojia weren't quite as advanced, but they had both indicated that they were going to try to raise about $100 million U.S. million as well. Um, so, you know, all these companies need money. They're all losing money. Uh, they need new funds to keep expanding and, and really just to fund their money losing operations. So I think it's going to hurt all three of these companies. Um, and I don't know if they've been thrown into crisis mode, but 
you know, if they can't find replacement funding sources relatively quickly, it could be problematic. And what do you think is going to be the longer term impact of what some people have described as a crackdown? Well, I think what's going to happen, just based on my experience dealing with this kind of stuff, is you tend to see these kinds of crises and then they last for like a month or maybe five, six weeks. Uh, everyone gets all hand-wringing and, and stressed out. Um, and it's it's always initiated, you know, by a different government ministry. And then things sort of quietly or slowly settle down. And, and within, you know, six weeks, you're almost back to where you were before all this happened. Um, so I'm guessing that's probably what's going to happen here again. I think a lot of people are saying, the cybersecurity regulator was just trying to flex its muscle and sort of show everybody who's boss. And once all the ducks fall into line again, I think we probably will see these companies refile their IPO applications maybe uh, maybe come fall. Shall we make a gentleman's wager on that, Toad Doug? Uh, maybe dinner next time I'm in Beijing? No problems, <laughs> Kaiser. I'll bet you anything you want. I hear you laughing there in the background, Nandini. Great, man. Uh, you are on, and thanks, Doug. Talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, Kaiser. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Tsaisin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata with stories from the staff of Tsaisin Global. Special thanks to Lee Sin of Tsaisin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. Here's stories from Tsaisin Global, Sub China, Sixth Town, and many other China-focused outlets on the new China Stories podcast. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SupChina Access for the daily newsletter. Find us at SupChina.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.